0: New York had everything so if someone tells me this is great pizza I'm like ah New York can do it better like Chinese food like I know where to go in Flushing things like that I liked it because when I was 14 my parents just let me go wherever I wanted because I had the subway I mean it's hard now that I'm in Los Angeles because I don't know how to drive because of the subway but it's definitely good freedom
1: yeah now what are, what are the yeah. people like
0: Everyone always asks me if I like LA or New York better. Uh-huh. I like USC. I am like my friends. New York, just the people were more real. Like, I don't know. They're more upfront. front. It's also just a bigger diversity. It's uh-huh. so like my three best friends in high school were Korean, Dominican, and a drag queen. But I also went to an art school, so it was a little bit more heightened as far yeah. as the diversity went.
1: you get to USC. Coming from there, we have all these diverse friends. Mm -hmm. What was that transition like? Oh my
0: goodness. I visited USC before I decided that I was going to apply for the Posse Foundation, which is how I got my scholarship. Um, And I walked through TCC and I saw everyone in cliques and I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) Like in my head, I was like, the football players are here. And like know like the frat guys and the sorority girls over there like I think from seeing it in the movies it sounded like such a cool concept because I didn't have that growing up in New York but I guess orientation there were like these two black girls who kind of saw me and like picked me out and like wanted me to go and like meet their guy friends like hook them I don't know whatever so when I got to USC I was kind of put in the black community because of those girls and also because of my posse who there was 12 of us from New York City who got the scholarship and so we did a lot of team building before that before that and it's not a minority based scholarship but it's more leadership and just promoting diversity in different ways but a lot of them were Hispanic and African-American so we kind of like all went into the black community and then I was stuck for like an entire year all of my friends were black Parents would make fun of me, like, you're the black girl and your sister's the Jewish girl. Like, I don't know. It was very hard. It was definitely complicated. So, what do you think about
1: black sororities and black fraternities? How, because they're almost separated from the entire Mm -hmm. population here. Yeah. I'm sure they tried to get you to probably join.
0: Because the people that they were trying to hook, like, my roommate and myself up with were in the fraternities. Um Honestly, I didn't know what NPHC was until I got here. Um, my roommate Maya, sh- her family is like alpha legacy. So she's alpha legacy, like the person who broke, I guess, what is it called? Just broke it was her grandmother who was white. Um, so she was like, I'm not going to join it. And then her mother didn't do it. So I guess she also was like, no, but I feel like the African-American community at USC kind of holds it up very high, like it's some sort of like honor. Mm-hmm. I think I respect it more than a lot of the sororities and fraternities on the row because it feels to me like more of like a hookup culture and a, like a, some weird, like some dating culture, no offense. Mm-hmm. But I respect a lot of the community service aspect of NPHC. But I think there should be more collaboration among the two.
1: How will that happen?
0: It's hard. So Motivate Power has tried to do it my organization because our mission is to inspire positive leadership mm-hmm. um, among students by like catalyzing student action and creating a support network and we just want to get people who are doing similar things to come together. Um, so we tried to do a Greek Think event about just uh, rape and violence on campus and had IFC partnered and NPHC but when it's not their specific event, they don't put effort into it, because everyone wants to have their own thing, and, like, no one wants to collaborate, Mm because they want to take credit for everything, and it's just so frustrating, because we're, like, one of the only organizations on campus who's trying to get a diverse group of people from all walks of life together.
1: And it's so difficult, like, if you think of, like, just this last situation with Rainey, how somebody yelled whatever at her, Uh then the next week we hold, USC holds a diversity forum. Yes. But the people that show up, are only, they're like the outliers, the people that really, really care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When in reality, it's the people that don't care are the ones that we need to they're find a way to get to show up. Yes. And so I have no idea how it's going to... I would think through conversation mm-hmm. and things like this, yeah. it could maybe help, but it's so tough. It's very tough.
0: But trying to get, I guess, other people involved, I think the issue is people don't think... Discrimination or like racial issues are their problem if they're not of a minority race.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think what you're doing is awesome, and what Motivating Power is doing is that we're trying to just create more voices. Yeah. Because we could, we can find those people who are willing to speak from those, I guess, unexpected racial backgrounds or cultural backgrounds or financial mm-hmm. backgrounds, and then highlight that, and then people can find some sort of role model in those people to actually get involved.
1: So, you go out, um, let's say you go to dinner with a bunch of your friends, mm-hmm. there's like obviously like new people there that you haven't met before, after 10 minutes someone says, hey, uh, what are you? Mm-hmm. What, what goes through your head?
0: I love telling people what I am, because no one can get it. Like, sometimes I'll ask them what they think, and in New York a lot of people thought I was Dominican or Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Um, USC, people just think I'm black, and I'm just like, uh um, <laughs> no. Um so I say my mother's Chinese oh, my mother's Polish and Syrian, Jewish, okay. my dad is Chinese, Trinidadian, black, white, Native American.
1: How did that get I set just, up? Do you have any story behind it all or is that just how it is?
0: I mean I have stories. So my last name is cotton, so mm-hmm. that comes from my dad's dad's side. Okay. Um, we can trace back the family as far as Mississippi. So we were slaves on a cotton plantation. And once we were able to pass as white because of all the terrible things that slavery is, um, we moved to Oregon. My grandmother grew up in Trinidad. I guess there were a lot of Chinese immigrants that came. Um, And then I guess that sort of happened. So she's more culturally Trinidadian than, I think, like, My mom, they, I guess my mom's mom's side, went through the Holocaust. They were from Poland, and then they... They left Poland right before, thankfully, and went to Russia and had to pass as communist in order to stay in Russia, and so since they said they were communist, they couldn't go to the United States immediately, so they went to South America. So my grandmother grew up culturally Hispanic, so she's living in South Beach right now, speaks Spanish, like loves all of that culture, so I can even kind of claim that a little bit. And then I guess my mom's dad was from Syria, and they left because of religious persecution. Before that, you are everything. Everything. It's pretty cool though, because I feel like I can fit into nice a lot spot. of different cultural groups and just like, I guess, mesh with a lot of people because of my background. Is there
1: one that you identify with more? Or you feel most comfortable in?
0: It was the black community my first year. Mm-hmm. And now I'm feeling far more Jewish than I've ever been. I okay. think just being What about
1: able... even growing up in New York? Like:
0: never, never. never thought about it. I think here because people are kind of separated by race,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you kind of have to be, hang out with them and then you hang out with the other crew and then
1: Because that's kind of like like growing up, I had a bunch of friends from different races.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would say I'm most uncomfortable when I'm in a room where everybody looks the same yeah that like kind of weirds me out Mm -hmm. every once in a while you know I'm like whoa
0: I think I got used to it now that I'm at USC
1: yeah you have to Mm
0: -hmm. I I remember I tried to rush a sorority but like there's a meeting with all like 1200 girls at oh my gosh what's our auditorium called Bovard. Bovard at Bovard and I look around everyone is white and I'm sitting with my my four friends who are all black Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like I've never felt more black in my entire life and I remember going the first day I quit after the first day because you do house tours, and I had just this instinct of going to the other minorities that were in the group that was parading around and looking at them I'm like this is weird right? like this is not normal but they wouldn't look at me because they were trying to compete and be a part of the mm-hmm. sorority system I was like it's not, it's not for me I couldn't do it but it's interesting because USC kind of, I think, they're a little bit racist when they choose their, their people.
1: You think so? Yeah. Why? Because
0: I have a friend who I lived with for two years. She, her family's from Ghana. She grew up in Orange County her whole life, so she's culturally white. Mm-hmm. She rushed sorority. Didn't, I think she got into one the first year and like obviously she didn't want to do it and then the next year she did it knowing more people and it was a little bit easier but still she Mm -hmm. didn't get Mm -hmm. a house that she wanted and I feel like a lot of the time they want to just fill like the small quota of like the diversity within their sorority so I know that Jordan Fowler when she got into DG they would always put her in pictures so that they can show that the sorority had diversity which blew my mind (laughs) It's diff- I think it's different for fraternities.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, I no. um so I was in Z B T first.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Um ended up dropping the in secondary rush for Sammy. Mm-hmm. But the common theme or at least from one or two guys, it was the black guy dropped our frat like we lost our black guy.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, it's and it, it's different from girls, but I think very much like uh, in the fraternity system, if you can pick up a black guy, like, that's, like, you you pulled a good one, you know?
0: I, but then that also goes into the weird thing of, like, fetish. What is it? Fetishizing? I don't know. Like the, I don't like, know. Feti- like, the fetish of, like, black women. So, like, oh, if we have a black guy, the black girls will come, kind of thing. And there's some weird attraction in that way, but then it's also, they just think black males are just cool. Like, naturally, like have a special swag about them or like even that. just letting football players in knowing that girls will come
1: mm. someone says the word race mm-hmm. what's the first thing that comes to mind
0: self-segregation <laughs>
1: self-segregation that's
0: like my big word that i learned in college like that has just a lot of a meaning to me because we're not being forced into these different groups, it's more like the structure of USC makes you feel like you have to fit into one place and only one place. Mm. Yeah.
1: How long did it take for you to come up with that conclusion?
0: I was writing a paper for Writing 140 about diversity, and Maya's mother is a diversity consultant. So we were talking about self segregation, she was giving me these terms like self segregation, also the internalized oppression. Like, all these things. And I was like, wow, this is, like, really powerful. Like, I never had to consider any of this being in New York. Mm -hmm. And I guess being here and seeing all these examples of these problems related to race. Now, now how
1: do we talk about... Because there's so many big words, microaggression. You just Mm -hmm. do self-segregation at me. I don't know about you, but, like, if I go back home and I brought out some of those words, people would be like, what the hell are you talking about, PAX?
0: Yeah.
1: How can we get people that haven't gone to college
0: or even people to, in college or even so
1: yeah some people in college yeah. that just don't those words don't click with them mm-hmm. how do we simplify it
0: yeah that's the problem too with people not wanting to get involved so mm-hmm. i was reading an article about feminism and like ways to make it less elitist and more inclusive mm-hmm. and one of the things was You don't need to be using all this big vocabulary, like it's unnecessary, because if you want more people to care about the issue, you need to use normal language. So we just have to tell those people who think they're better than everyone else and are these big social activists to like, step down, down. (laughs) like relax, come off the platform and actually speak to the people, rather than just your clique who's like, all about activism, because you need the numbers in order to make a change.
1: What has been your proudest moment with motivating and power so far? Oh
0: my goodness. It's been hard. We started my f- second semester of freshman year. And so Maya is the founder and I was her roommate. And I was like, I don't really know where I fit. Like, I don't feel like this is an issue that I'm like, I don't know, interested in or like, there wasn't really a place for me and I was kind of like put in event management and I was like eh, I'm, whatever I'll do it because she told me to but then I started doing all of the creative direction and I'm literally a team of one and just being able to create this brand I think that's my proudest moment like going through all of the files that I've created all of the event posters and just seeing the progression visually is very exciting and also just photos as well seeing how the number of people that are coming to our events are increasing.
1: Um, now, what do you study? Much. What are you studying
0: here? Um, graphic design, and then a minor in consumer behavior.
1: Is that at Marshall?
0: That's Yeah, interdisciplinary. So marketing, comm, okay. English.
1: What do you want to do with it?
0: I want to work in the tech industry. Tech? Yes. It's not as big of a jump as you think. So I initially wanted to do fashion, and I realized I wasn't fashionable enough, and I to read the blogs and spend all of my salary on clothes. I'm currently interning at NBC, but it still feels like such a corporate vibe. Like, So I did a program after my freshman year with Google for a weekend at Google New York, and I was like, this is awesome. And I, what I love about it is that I feel like tech is the most innovative of the industries right now. You're working for a purpose, you're making lives easier. Um, and also just the way they, they operate and how they, like, collaborate with one another. I mm-hmm. think it's very inventive. And they're also very good about diversity and, mm-hmm. like, all of those, those social issues are, like, working towards fixing that as well as all of their online platforms.
1: So how, so you're interning with NBC right yeah. now? So I just finished up, I guess last summer, like, my first corporate America internship and there's like an onboarding form that you have to fill out like for new employees right <laughs> yeah and you already know there's like a box for like your name address and one for like your race and ethnicity so i'm like i'm half black like there's no two and more races there's no like mixed race really? box so i check the black and i check the white because you asked what i uh-huh. hand. hand the form and dude comes back five minutes later goes hey uh you're gonna have to pick one man um <laughs> like this is how the system works i'm like
0: what that's crazy
1: have you encountered anything like just not even like outright like discrimination because he wasn't trying to be mean he was literally that was how the system worked but have you ever encountered anything like that in, that's with your time at-
0: crazy. i mean I'll, i want to share my first story of when i was in third grade Go and that me. was the f- I, or fifth grade no, probably third grade. And I had to do my first standardized test for, like, New York State. And I had to check off a box of my race. And my mother forgot and she, to talk to me about it. She was like, oh, no. Like, what if she's all stressed out? Like, I don't know what she's going to do. And I come back home and I was like, I just looked around the room, noticed there was no Asians, and I checked off Asians. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't like working the system. Like, when I was applying to USC, I checked multiracial because... That's part of me and that's how I wrote my essay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy that it's not a thing. Like people aren't making those changes at the same pace. And for Motivate Power we're doing a similar thing to this where we're highlighting student voices, just telling their stories about discrimination on campus mm-hmm. um, with Shoah Foundation we did three like I guess test runs just to see what we we're doing. And one of my friends, is queer and on the paper that they had to write was name whatever like the date and then your gender and there was only male and female and the student that was helping him do the paper kept calling him she and i couldn't say anything because it wasn't my place but that just made it very uncomfortable and very hard to like create this open comfortable space so after the whole interview the executive director of Show Foundation apologized to him and said that they were going to implement a change right on the spot,
1: which is mm. very powerful and very cool. Mm-hmm. The last one i like to finish off with, so with everything we just talked about, can you finish this sentence. I'll never forget the time
0: when. Oh, on the print. Like, just... I had to defend my sexuality. So, I don't know there's two stories, but I I guess I can start with the more recent one. So, I am in a two bedroom, um, two friends in one. I was placing the other one by myself. I was like, cool, no roommate. Mm -hmm. And then Lorenzo, Reach almost occupancy, so they placed on in my room. Super cool, like, first night we met, three-hour conversation, like, about life, like, she knew I had a girlfriend, because I guess the other roommates told her, and I was like, yeah, and, like, she was like, I totally understand, Re- like, sexuality's a spectrum, like, it's so beautiful, like, met my girlfriend, all of that, and then a couple days later, I got a notification that I was getting a new roommate, and so I asked my current roommate, like, what's, what, like, what's happening, like, she's like, I don't know, like, I'll go to the office tomorrow, and, The next day, her stuff was packed. She was gone. And she was like, my parents were uncomfortable with me living with someone who identifies as a lesbian. I was like, first of all, I didn't identify as a lesbian. Second of all, we were, like, we had this open space where you could have said something. And so instead of being like, okay, fine, bye. Like, I was more defensive and trying to tell her that it was wrong what she did. Obviously, I don't want to live with her, but, like, people can't just run away from, Yeah.
1: You think it's just the parents? You think it's just how you're raised a lot of times? Yes. Why people I react mean, people to things like kind that? of
0: just say, oh, it's, I'm religious. <laughs> like, I feel like that's not a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, religion sort of inspires that sort of feeling, but, you're making that personal, I guess, this personal choice to not, should read the Bible in that way. I'm also not religious, so I don't really know where I'm going with this. Yeah. But just, I don't know. It's just crazy because I had that open space for us to talk about stuff. Like, we talked about her family life and, like, her financials and, like, all these deep things. And then, I don't know. It's also very scary because you think when you're going to go into, like, the corporate world and, like, you want to... They, like, bring your significant other and you bring someone and it's not what they expect. Are they going to think of you differently after that? Uh And you can't tell. Like, it's easy to tell if people are discriminatory because you're a woman a lot of the times, or if you're black, but I feel like sexuality is a little bit